Welcome, my friends, to the Cornerstone Podcast presented by Global Grace Ministries. My name is Francis Wesso. I am the host of the podcast. We have been sharing from the series Letters to the Church. Last week, we discussed the first letter that Jesus dictated to the Apostle John in Patmos. The first letter was written to the Ephesian church. In it, Jesus compliments the church for their perseverance and ability to reject false prophets and wrong doctrines, but Jesus had against them that they had lost their first love. We also discussed last week a few of the reasons why Christians could lose their first love for Christ. My friends, it is a sad day when Jesus tells us he has something against us. I pray none of us ever hear those words. Today's episode is entitled In the Devil's Prison. And I must warn you, it will be a heavy subject, but one I believe all of us must hear. Go with me to Revelation 2 and we are going to read verses 8 through 11. It says, And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, The words of the first and the last, who died and came to life. I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich, and the slander of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. Jesus' second letter to the churches of Revelation speaks to the reality of many Christians throughout history. As in the previous letter, Jesus starts this letter by addressing it to the church leader of Smyrna. Smyrna was the home of the Temple of Athena in ancient Greece. Athena was the goddess of war, handcraft, and practical reason. In modern times, she is associated with Athens, Greece, to which she gave her name and, according to them, her protection. Smyrna was a beautiful, bustling seaport city about 35 miles north of Ephesus. It has been described as the most beautiful of the seven cities. Today, it is called Izmir in Turkey. Scripture does not give us any information concerning the founding of this church, nor it is mentioned in the book of Acts. Presumably, this church was founded during Paul's ministry in Ephesus. Two of the seven churches received no rebuke from Christ in the letters of Revelation. Smyrna is one of them. This church received words of comfort for the courageous congregation experiencing terrible oppression. They were persecuted for their faith, and according to Jesus' words, it will get worse before it got better. The congregation in Smyrna was not wealthy. Theologians believe many of the laborers in this church were expelled from their jobs and could not legally work in their crafts because of their conversion to Christianity. What may surprise many of us about this letter is that this congregation was doing everything right. They loved God with all their hearts, but instead of Jesus telling them they will be rewarded for their faithfulness and their oppression, Jesus warns them that even more challenging times were coming to them. The Lord said, Do not fear what you are about to suffer. As I have shared with you many times, when I was a young Christian, 
the possibility that God would allow his people to suffer did not compute with me. I thought that with all God's promises for his people in the Bible, if we have faith, there was nothing the devil could throw at us that could not be conquered because the Bible says that we are more than conquerors, which is true. What I did not know was that sometimes we conquer the devil through our suffering. That is how Jesus conquered him on the cross. If Jesus had to suffer, why would we not? Jesus does not promise a pain-free life, but he does promise that he will be with us every step of the way and that he will give us the grace to endure whatever trials we face. In this letter to the church of Smyrna, Jesus told the congregation that the devil was about to throw some of them into prison. This prison was Satan's own jail. Jesus told them that they will be thrown in the jail to be tested and that they will have tribulation for 10 days. Can you imagine receiving such a word? If you are like me, you probably love to receive encouraging words via prophecy. To tell you the truth, I am not sure how I would react after hearing the words of Jesus to this church. I would probably think that the messenger or the person who gave me the word was being used by Satan or in his flesh. But my friends, these words to the church of Smyrna came directly from Jesus. Now, it is easy to understand that being thrown in the devil's prisons to be tested means that the church will suffer a lot. But many do not understand what the duration of their suffering Jesus spoke means. Some people think he was talking about 10 literal days. Others think that Jesus was telling the church that they will suffer for 10 years, which it did happen. And some think that he was talking about decades. Whatever that meant, whether it was days, years, or decades, we know Jesus was telling them that they will spend a long time in prison. Now, with these words, Jesus did not want to scare the church, but to encourage them. He told them not to fear what they were about to suffer because God had a reward for them. Friends, most of us live in countries where we can serve God, attend church, and preach in freedom. For some of us, even our offerings are tax deductible. Still, we must remember that since the beginning of the Christian church, thousands, if not millions, have been oppressed, incarcerated, tortured, and even killed for the gospel. According to Christian Today, more than 5,600 Christians were killed for their faith last year, and more than 2,100 churches were attacked, destroyed, or closed. One in eight Christians was persecuted worldwide, including one in five believers in Africa, two in five in Asia, and one in 15 in Latin America. These numbers, my friends, are not from 10 years ago, but from last year. We also need to remember that the type of persecution these Christians suffer is not that someone is calling them names for being a Christian or omitting them from birthday celebration invitations. They are dying or losing their homes for their faith in Jesus Christ. We need to pray for the church who is being persecuted worldwide and remember that the gospel has gone forward sometimes through the blood of many. I had the honor of preaching in a beautiful church in Guadalajara where one of the first Christians in that city was assassinated for his faith years ago. They built that church in the same spot where that saint of God gave his life for Jesus, and hundreds have been saved, delivered, and restored by the power of God in that place ever since.
The death of a martyr is not in vain, my friends. The Greek word translated for Smyrna was used to translate the Hebrew word for myrrh, a residual substance used as a perfume for the living and the dead. Its association with death perfectly pictures the suffering church at Smyrna. Like myrrh, produced by crushing a fragrant plant, the church at Smyrna and every single person that has been crushed by persecution throughout history give off a fragrant aroma of their faithfulness to God. Now, Jesus, in his letter to the church in Smyrna, reminds us that the suffering of the martyrs is not without reward. Christ tells the church of Smyrna, Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Jesus here meant to encourage them in the light of what they were facing presently and were about to face in the future. The church of Smyrna was to undergo some intense persecution and tribulation, Jesus wanted to encourage them to stand firm, even if it meant physical death. The crown of life is reserved for those who endure persecution and even give their lives for Christ's sake. I will never forget a 12-year-old girl I met in India who gave her life to the Lord, knowing that her decision will cause her to be thrown on the streets by her family. She came to the front of the church to accept Jesus Christ when I did the altar call and then told me what would happen to her. It broke my heart, and I gave her my Bible, the only thing I had with me then. Even decades after, I still pray for her, and I believe the Lord protected and provided for her, and I hope to see her one day in heaven. My friends, I also don't want to leave out from the list of people who are persecuted or have been persecuted, all the wonderful people who might not have given their life for their master, but have suffered greatly for his sake. If you have lost jobs, close relationships, or suffered mental or emotional agony, if you have lost relatives or years of your life in agony for the sake of the gospel, that in my book is equivalent to being in the devil's prison. The persecuted church includes the people who died for their faith in Christ many years ago, the ones who are being persecuted right now, and those who will be saved after being left behind in the rapture of the church and that will be persecuted or killed for their faith. In his letter to the church of Smyrna, Jesus said to all the faithful, even to the point of death, that he will give them the victorious crown and that the victorious one will not be hurt at all by the second death. Revelation 21.8 explains the second death in detail. It says, the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic, the idolaters, and all the liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. To the victorious church, Jesus promises eternity. Some of you might think that we have eternity already promised by the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. But the saints that experience persecution have a special blessing. I do not know about you, but after all God has given us, I would like to have something to give to Jesus in gratitude for his sacrifice. I do not want to arrive in heaven empty-handed. Revelation 4, 10 and 11 tells us, The 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne, saying, 
Worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things. The saints who suffer persecution, my friends, and the ones that become martyrs for Christ will get to give Jesus their crown of life. What an incredible joy that will be. For now, my family, all I have to say is let us pray. Let us pray for our Christian family worldwide that is suffering persecution. Let us pray grace over them to endure their trial. Let us pray for their protection and that the Lord provides for their needs. And let us also pray for us. The world around us is changing. We need to pray that if God allows us to face persecution for his sake, in his will, that we may be prepared to be faithful unto death. But if we live in freedom the rest of our life, let us pray that we get the courage to preach the gospel wherever we go and that we have the strength to love our brothers and sisters like Christ loves them for his sake. For if people are giving their lives for the Lord, why wouldn't we live in the name of the Lord? Let us pray right now. Father God, we come before you interceding for the persecuted church worldwide. We send angels their way to minister to them your peace and comfort. Protect them, Father. Protect them from evildoers. Cover them with your mighty winds and shelter them from danger. Provide for their needs, Father. You are more than able to take care of them. But we also pray grace and strength over those who will die for your sake and for their families that they leave behind. Take care of them and comfort them in their grief. We also, Father, pray for us, the church of Jesus Christ that lives in freedom, for the portion of the body of Christ that lives, dear God, where we can preach and love as we want. Help us, God, to stand up in the gap for those suffering. Help us assist them however we can, Father. If in your will persecution come to places on earth where the church is now free, prepare your people, Father, to do what is right, no matter the cost. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for the time you gave us today. For questions about our ministry or to send your prayer request to us, please write us at info at globalgraceministries.com. Thank you and God bless you.